Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. We are back for the 2019-20 season. Sounds weird saying that, but pre-season starts this week for Bristol City, so we are back as well. And we have got so much to talk about on this first pre-season pod of the new season. Adam Webster is attracting loads of attention from Premier League clubs. We'll be discussing that first. Uh, Deals for the new youngsters announced this week as well. Are they going to actually feature? Uh, Will we hear from Lee Johnson? We'll hear from John Lansdowne. We'll hear from Transfer Rumours. Is Sammy Smoddix on his way to BS3? Uh, Still no one signed at the time of recording. It's Wednesday the 26th of June, so this could date very quickly. But at the time, uh, no one has signed just yet and the pre-season plan as well. And there's been some changes at Ashton Gate this summer, so we'll run through those. Uh, Gregor, welcome along. We're back for another season. We didn't really take a break, did we? But um, you've been busy since you've been back from your holidays. Uh, Looking into Adam Webster, what is going on? Is he going? Well... At, at the moment, I actually feel optimistic that Bristol City can keep him. That's my feelings. I think we're going to come on to this because we asked Lee Johnson about the chances of keeping him because there's been a heck of a lot of speculation. Some seven to eight Premier League clubs reportedly interested in him. I would just add that the main thing I've been told is speaking to someone uh, behind the scenes. And what I've been told is that for Bristol City to to maybe consider a sale, they'd be looking for a fee in the region of thirty million pounds, which is huge. Obviously, they signed him for five. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's this is I mean this is the the way football's going, isn't it? There's a good argument. I've just sort of tweeted this really that that Adam Webster is is arguably the best centre back in the Championship. Statistically, mm. you can make out that argument. Yep. And so for that reason, his fee is going to be astronomical and it's going to take something massive for for the Robins to even consider letting him go. And as Lee Johnson has sort of said before, it's, it's only going to be for a, a, a huge fee. And if, if City feel they can reinvest that money, bring in someone... Well, we come on to this. That he he thinks could even be even better than oh, Adam Webster. That's a big statement, and we'll, we'll we'll come on to that Lee Johnson audio in just a second. But the, there's Premier League clubs interested. Reportedly, at Aston Villa really really interested. Um, Burnley, Southampton, Watford, and you said maybe Everton as well. How on earth are Bristol City going to fend off this interest? Because we'll hear from Lee Johnson in a second. But this is a really difficult situation for them to and to lose their best player. And the six weeks-ish, maybe a bit less of the transfer window left. Well, obviously the Robins are desperate for that not to happen because they already need defenders in anyway. At this moment, they haven't been able to sign up Thomas Callas or Jada Silva mm. yet, but we'll come on to those. So, yeah, they really, really need to keep Webster. And it, it would be a, a, a pretty good statement if they can, really. So... Yeah, how do they fend off the Premier League club? It's going to be very difficult. I think that price tag will go a long way to doing that. I mean, for example, Newcastle United have been linked, but... But what if the player gets his head turned? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a sim- similar situation as Aidan Flint a couple of years ago. They put their foot down, they kept Aidan Flint, remember, they sold him the, the year after. I think it would be a situation like that where they say, listen, Adam, you've done fantastically well here. You are set for the Premier League, and he is one way or another. See if you can get there with us. Yeah, yeah, see if you can get there with us. You've still got another four years on your deal. We don't want to sell you just yet, and uh, we'll see where we are in a year's time. So that's what I think with those. I just want to add in two, two little things. Mm. One... There were there were some rumours at one point that there might be 
a release clause in his contract, but Lee Johnson has ruled that out, so yeah. that's good. And the other thing is that basically for a sale to happen, I don't think at the moment that he's going to go anywhere, but what we can't rule out is something happening later on in the window. For example, the likes of Harry Maguire going from Leicester to Manchester United or Manchester yes. City for 80 to 90 million quid. If they get that kind of money... They could come down and swoop for Adam Webster, but then if it happens, it happens late on, which these things often do, Bristol City will be stuck. Absolutely. So they need to make sure they don't fall into that Jonathan Codger trap and, and they're left doing business, but at the same time, would they be able to reject a, a stupid mm. 30 to 40 million pound bid? Because its Could price happen. might even go up towards the end of the window. Uh, I think it sh- and it should do in that circumstance. OK, let's hear from Lee Johnson on Adam Webster and transfers so far then. Um, just on transfers then, uh, Lee, what, can you give any crumbs of comfort to, to Bristol City fans who obviously are desperate to see Jada Silva and Thomas Callis and, and Casey Palmer as well come back? I think my crumbs of comfort, if you like, would just be to trust us. I know that's hard because, like I, was saying, I said earlier, even myself, I know what's going on and I'm still refreshing my Twitter feed every 25 minutes. And uh, so particularly with a day like today because it becomes very real uh, when the fixture list comes out and, and people will be picking their team in the summer. But we are in a position of strength, I think, with the squad that we've got. You know, uh, We've got good players we can we can build on it. We're not looking to um, to to get it wrong. We're looking to get it right and make sure that key players come in in key positions and uh, they can drive us forward. Because there are a couple of areas in the squad that I'd like to improve. Uh, it's an ever evolving situation where we're always looking for better than what we've got. And uh, I think that hopefully over the course of three years, yeah, naturally some you get some right, some wrong, but. There's been a lot more right than wrongs, and also we've developed uh, very well from within. And uh, our academy, all young players that we signed uh, outside of that. There's a lot of speculation recently about Adam Webster possibly leaving. There's been a lot of talk about £12 million, which seems a ludicrous price for a player of that calibre. To your knowledge, there's no escape clause or anything like that in his contract for around the £12 million. No, 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 no. I think the first protocol is, like, you understand this speculation because he's a fantastic player. Um, Our stance is that we don't want to lose Adam Webster. You can never say never in football. Um, but if you look at the values that are flying around, that type figure would be vastly undervalued, if you like, from where from where I would see it. But at the same time, I don't even want to talk about our best players leaving. It was a bit different with Lloyd Kelly because it was a brilliant opportunity for him. It was a good transfer fee for us. And uh, it was another win, if you like, that could be reinvested back into the academy and various areas of the football club. So... Um, and that was a player that, that Joey, in towards the back end of the season, wasn't in the starting eleven. But we're certainly looking to build on our season last year and improve. And uh, like, we've got to make these wise decisions. And the, the only reason that we would even entertain looking at selling someone like Adam Webster is because we believe someone's better uh, that we can get. And I think that was a good example, um, given the fact that. Uh, what we've done with Flint and Webster. Yeah, Lee Johnson makes a good point there about Aidan Flint and Adam Webster. Yes, Adam Webster was a better replacement for Aidan Flint, no doubt. And they could stand to make a huge amount of money from him this summer. But he's also said, trust us at the start of that clip that we heard. And, and we can hear that they are working behind the scenes. It's hard to fathom, Gregor, isn't it? What is going on right now? But what he said 
as well uh, in in what was it last Thursday fixed release day was it's quite clever of clubs at the moment that they don't sometimes sign players until the start of July because it's all to do with wages as well. Yeah, and players' wages are so high these days that this honestly makes an impact. So I think we're going to see a lot of movement next week, basically from the 1st of July. We're going to see players whose, whose contracts have ended moving clubs. And my suspicion is that, that that Bristol City will be one of those clubs announcing some deals then. It will start happening. Yeah, I, I'm, I must emphasise that that is not something I've been told. That's my own opinion. Um, and sort of reading between the lines of what Lee has said, um, I think we're going to come on to this, is his comments about basically clubs having deals sort of done but tucked away in the draw that they can't officially announce yet. I think that's going to all change next week and I think Bristol City will be announcing some stuff then. And yeah, Who? Who do you think they're going to announce? Sammy Swadix? That looks really likely, doesn't it? He's been playing for Colchester United. He is a player from lower league that they're going for again. Is this one going to happen? Because you've been reporting that Bristol City is his preferred destination. Yeah, our our information, and we've said this for a while now, is that Sammy Schmodix, if Schmodix, I, Schmodix. <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm gonna I can't either. <laughs> uh, is is a player of real interest to Bristol City? And yes, we think there could be uh, there could be some movement on that soon. It's, it's very interesting what's happened with Peterborough. They agreed a deal, didn't they, last week with Colchester United. However, uh, we we understand, and I think actually this was confirmed by Darren Ferguson anyway, they didn't turn up for talks with the club. Because so he didn't want to go there? He, yeah, he basically didn't want to go there. And they actually agreed a deal with um, the, the defence, I think it's Frankie Kent, and that deal did go through. He turned up, they, they've signed him, but yeah... Um, Sammy didn't turn up for the talks and that's because we understand there's championship interest in him that was alluded to by Darren Ferguson as well it's been reported that Hull and Derby are possibly in for him as well however we spoke to someone at the Hull end recently and we, we know that they don't want to pay a fee for for Sammy whereas Bristol City might be able to do that now the sticking point here is and we have to profess, we don't know the answer here, is mm-hmm. is his contract. There's been some sources telling us that his contract runs out this summer. There's been other, others saying that Colchester United have a, a one-year option and this might be part partly to do with it. Either he's out of contract this summer and he's going to be announced as a Bristol City player in the way that Haki Bedelican was last Yeah, Was there any compensation for that at all? Yes, they, they, yeah, they, in fact, it was only in March this, this year that they finally agreed... Um, a delicate compensation package. Just just to be clear, when a player's out of contract, why then do clubs get compensation? Uh, under 24 years of age is, is the key thing. So Sammy is 23, so Colchester United would be entitled to compensation. And this is a big thing. Colchester United, we understand, recognise Sammy as the jewel of their academy. Really? They don't want to lose him and they certainly it's don't... Sort they, of yeah, they certainly don't want to lose him for a, for a nominal fee. Mm. So they're trying to get the best money that they can for him, which is understandable from their point of view, whereas Bristol City, from, from our sources that we understand, are maybe playing a smart game here of, of waiting it out may, might need to agree a fee if he has got that one year option deal but that'll probably come later on down the line so that is definitely one to keep an eye on but is he good enough because Akiba Delican we've referenced there barely played last season we've seen other t- other players come up from lower leagues and it hasn't really worked out Moisa came for a season didn't even play and left again who can we pick out and say okay actually there are jewels to be found from the lower leagues that come up I mean I'd say Matty Taylor is is has been a good signing from a lower league club. 
Yes. But, yeah. I mean, we said last summer, didn't we? What is the transfer policy going to be? Because you also need experienced championship players to get you up the league and into the Premier League. Yeah, well, let's not forget that the likes of Aidan Flint came from non-league football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Webster obviously came from Portsmouth early, early on, uh, before he went to Ipswich Town. So he's another one. Corey Smith, he, he played... I, Corey Smith and Aidan so. Flint did, did spring to mind. Um, but it's, it's, it's whether to go up to that next level now is Sammy Smodic's good enough but the fact he's got all this interest would suggest he is versus hard attacking midfielder yeah 23 year 20, 23 years old attacking midfielder scored 14 or 15 goals last season and yeah he could be sort of the player to compete with Jamie Patterson add some creativity basically to the Bristol City attacking midfield um, any other rumours about players incoming just before we talk about who else might leave this summer but who else what names do you another, have? another name we've been told we did a story on this a, a while ago was Rennie Gilmartin who also is coming in from Colchester United that's our information um, we understand he is out of contract and he will be signing for the club however we understand that that might be in a coaching role he's getting on a bit is Rennie he's, with respect to him he's, I think he's 32 33 years old he is a former Republic of Ireland under-21 goalkeeper. It, 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 he ended the season in goal for Colchester United. And I have to stress, he, if, he, if he's coming in, it's only going to be third or fourth choice goalkeeper. And as we understand it, he's been doing his badges. And he's also been doing some coaching with mm. Colchester United. We believe he's coming in to Bristol City and that one could be announced next week. Anyone with respect then that is going to make us go, whoo, hello, like, what, where's this striker coming from? OK, all right. Well, this is maybe the, the more exciting end, obviously, of the market. Uh, one report we, we uh, wrote recently was about Eddie Nketiah of Arsenal. Now, this is a guy we've reported on previously. We believe there was interest in him back in January. Uh, from what I've been told behind the scenes is Lee Johnson is a really big fan of Nketiah and he's been talking about him, I understand, a fair bit. And... Jamie McAllister, who's been doing his UEFA Pro yes, badges. Yes, we're going to hear from him in a sec. Yeah, we're yeah. hear from him. He's been doing his UEFA Pro badges this summer. He was out in Toulon with the likes of Frank Lampard and other people, Michael Carrick, another one. And we believe that he was watching also Eddie Enketia, who is a... I might not be saying that wrong, by the way. It might be Enketia. Do, do you go? Uh, I, I heard Enketia, and I think you do say the end as well. But okay. From one of her commentators when he's been playing for Arsenal, I think that's how you say it. Okay. Don't quote me. He's an, <laughs> an England under-20 striker. Uh, he scored his first Premier League goal on the last game of the season for Arsenal against Burnley. And we understand Bristol City are very interested in bringing him in. And that it could be a, a sort of another Tammy Abraham-like move where they mm. bring in uh, a Premier League youngster with loads of mm. talent and maybe he just needs first-team football. The problem is that Arsenal are the club that need persuading here because we understand that... Uh, Eddie was close to a move to going to Germany in January. I think it was fairly well reported that he almost signed for Augsburg. And it would be a case of really persuading Arsenal that the championship is better for his development and playing week in, week out than maybe going to the Bundesliga mm. and maybe not being first choice there. OK, let's hear from Jamie McAllister. You just talked about those loan links there and this is really interesting about what Jamie McAllister has been up to this summer. Yeah, so I went away um, in Marseille for five days to watch the Toulon tournament. Did my pro licence, um, which was a great experience. I got to watch England under-20s train and then watch them play. And then got a real insight on how they build up for match days and um, their philosophy and their style of England. So 
really good and the group we've got the 22 players or 22 ex-players and coaches we've got and the pro licence I mean you've with great experience Michael Carrick Colo Torre Frank Lampard I mean it's, it's a real great hub to learn yeah yeah I think um, am I right thinking I saw some quotes the other day from Matt Taylor of Exeter was, was yeah, he Matt, one of the guys as well on it? yeah Matt was there Terry Skevin was there um, Gary Brazil, I mean blessed endless it's a great group you learn a lot while you're out there? Yeah. I mean, days were long and really intense and a lot of detail. Basically working nine to half six most most days, the five days we were there. And then in the evenings we're going to watch games, whether it be we watched the Scotland-England game, we watched England be uh, Chile, we watched Brazil-Qatar. So it was, it was really good. And according to Matt's quotes, um, I think he said that everybody was looking at some potential loan targets. Could that possibly be true, maybe? Yeah, very true. So we're all asking each other, like Michael Carrick's on it, and try to get young players off Man United if you can, or um, Colo Torre, who's at Leicester, obviously. And then Matt was asking us about different players, and yeah, so it's all networking and learning off each other. Interesting hearing from Jamie McAllister then, been busy doing his badges this summer, uh, by all accounts a very good coach, but really nurturing those relationships with his fellow pros, the ones that have been doing the badge with him. You know, Michael Carrick is a huge name to drop in there that's from Manchester United. So could we see, you know, he's basically said there, hasn't he? It's all about these relationships. And yes, Bristol City will loan some players, perhaps to Exeter City. Matty Taylor, he's good mates with him, played with him down there, didn't he? But what about those Premier League clubs? You know, we've just heard about Arsenal and possibly Nikita, Nikita, if we're saying it right. But where, where else are we looking for these loans, you know? Mm. What is happening with Jada Silva and, and Thomas Callis of Chelsea? So, OK, all right, on to the big stuff then. Uh, <laughs> we understand that City have made good progress with both of those deals and they possibly could be on their way. Now, I've seen a lot of people saying that the deals are done. That's not what we're hearing. That's not the information we've had. OK, so t- tell me more about Jada Silva to start with. We understand that Jay's happy to return to Bristol City and he would give the movie's blessing, but it's going to be interesting with him to see what happens with Frank Lampard. It looks like he's about to be announced at Chelsea. It could even have happened by the time this podcast yeah. comes out. We know that Derby, at the time of speaking, Derby had given Frank Lampard permission to speak to Chelsea, so it looks like it could be happening. And to be fair to Jay, it would make every sense for him to just hold on and the plans at Chelsea is any chance I might be included in that we don't think he will be and at that point then yes that the move to Bristol City might go ahead depending on who else comes in but at this moment in time I'm positive that that's going to go through Thomas Callis Thomas Callis problem here our understanding is is the wages and uh, that's because he's he's an international centre-back obviously Mm -hmm. got plenty of caps with Czech Republic the financial deal as as Lee Johnson has said I think to BBC Radio Bristol is is difficult to do and that's how we understand it however we understand that again he is happy to come back to Bristol City online or permanent I I think permanently so it's it's getting over the stumbling block yeah I, I don't think there'd be a problem with agreeing a fee with Chelsea we're, we're hopeful that, yeah, this one is another one that's going to go mm. through. We hope we hope to see Bristol City just making that, that jump that they might need to do on the wages to, to tie up the deal and, and, yeah, fingers crossed that that goes through. So that's where we're at in terms of incomings pretty much overall. Is there any one we, we've missed and we should be um, paying attention to or is that sort of everything summed up just may, for now? Maybe just a couple of names to keep an eye on. And these are guys who we know Bristol City have had a, a long-term interest in 
interest in. And these are guys who are probably on their wanted list still, but not first or second choice targets. People like Scott Hogan who, or Villa, mm, yeah, who, yeah. who had a mixed time maybe, it's fair to say, at Sheffield United. We know that there's interest in, in him. Kiefer Moore, we're told there's big interest in him. He's been a player they've liked for a long time. Nothing, it seems to be uh, moving on that one. Asomba Longa is a name who's been well, linked for a while, but he might unfortunately be a bit too expensive, oh, unfortunately. He, would he not be the striking solution? He'd be you great. You look at someone like him, that's exactly the sort of player they want to get in. Absolutely, but are they going to splash out, what, 12 to 15 million We're going to come on to this in a sec, but maybe they, they need to start doing that. We'll come on to that in, in just a second, because we did speak to John Lansdowne about sort of strategy, didn't we? Um, just before we do that, though, we must mention the two new deals for Antoine Semenyo and Saiku Jana. They've both signed uh, long deals as well. Looks like Jana will go back out on loan to a football league club this season. And Semenyo, you know, we're talking about Summer Longer. Could Semenyo actually be a solution if someone like Summer Longer doesn't come in? Because, yes, he played brilliantly against Preston, but against Leeds he had a torrid time. So where's he at? Yeah, I think he could be. Uh, he's going to get more first-team games this season. He's he's a big part of City's future. This contract news is just fantastic to hear. They've locked down yeah, his long-term um, career at, at Ashton Gate. There was obviously Premier League interest in, interest in him in January, so City have seen that off. And I think this kind of speaks of, of Semenyo's character, which, if you remember from last season, we spoke to several people sort of on, on the grassroots level who've worked with these guys and seen them close up and, and what their character is like and what I know of both these guys Seku and Antoine is they are tremendous characters mm-hmm. they are this is probably the, the best aspect even of, of, of them and yeah we, we think they've got a great chance of making it so to see them probably ho- yeah hopefully fulfilling that at Ashton Gate is, is great yeah big news this week let's hear from John Lansdowne then um, Gregor sort of asked him when he saw him last Thursday about about how Bristol City are going about getting to the Premier League. And it's interesting to hear what he had to say just here. I mean, I mean, you look at the losses in football generally, you have to sell players, but it's, it's at the right time. So it's, um, look, we're not scared to trade and that you have to have, your recruitment has to be right to, you know, sometimes you say you're selling your best players sometimes you're getting better by doing it uh, you know I think everyone at the start of last season we said you're selling your three best players um, and they were three of our best players but how many of them did we miss to the level we thought we were going to I'm not saying we didn't miss certain elements of them I'm not I certainly want to, wouldn't want to say that but you know we, we had different qualities with Webster at the back instead of Flynn you know and, and obviously we're talking about Webster being a more valuable asset now than we were than then so like, it's it's, it's not linear at that point in time you might think oh what's, what's going on but there's method to the madness you can't control everything but you control what you can control and you look to build so you can get a pretty good impression of when someone might end up outgrowing you but the idea is you grow together and they take you with them yeah it's a, it's a good point that John Lansdowne makes the new chairman of Bristol City it was good to get a word with him last Thursday on fixture release day which we will come do you think Gregor that Bristol City are going to be in a position not to sell players because it's happening in front of our eyes with Adam Webster that teams are circling. And and like Lansdowne says there, you know, it is part of football, isn't it? So could this be the season where they take players with them? Could this be the season where they do, you know, 
really compete for the top six and maybe even the top, you know, Jamie McAllister said that the aim is top two. Of course it is. Yeah, not sure about top two. And I think they've still got a fair bit of work to do in the transfer market, even just to stand still in the championship. You, can, you just can't say until, you know, the window closes. Exactly. If, even if they bring in De Silva and Thomas Callas, there's a big argument that they haven't actually improved there, have they? Mm, because, mm. OK, yeah, it's great, so, you've tied up the long-term futures, but, but the, it's the same team, essentially. Mm. They've got to bring in some quality players. I think this is part of the hold-up, though, of the signings, is that essentially they're waiting on other clubs to make decisions, the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea, yep. but also they've got to wait for other clubs to do their business first, and it's just difficult to bring in yeah. quality players. Absolutely. Uh, there's been changes behind the scenes as well. Gregor, uh, so David Coles left and Reese Carr. David Coles was the goalkeeping coach. Reese Carr was sports science. Let's just hear what Lee Johnson said about the reasons behind that. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second, but changeover of coaching staff at the moment. What can you say about why have the guys left? Obviously, David Coles and, and Reese Carr. Those, those guys have had a big impact, haven't they, at Bristol yeah. City over the time? Been. Yeah, I think that first and foremost, they've been fantastic to work with. They've been great servants at the club. They've worked their socks off. Sometimes it's nice to freshen things up for them and for us, you know, and uh, I've no doubt that, that both will go on and, and get very good jobs quickly. I met Reese yesterday, for example, at Celtic Manor and we discussed like various options and, and, and you push him into various roles it's a bit of a reorganisation to be honest which is difficult to explain but it's more about um, the way we want to structure uh, the sports science and uh, the coaching staff moving forward more than it is about uh, getting rid of particular individuals and did you know much about Pat Manton like, I guess a lot a lot really to bring him in as a new goalkeeping coach Um surprisingly not as much as you might think um, I think when the club made the decision um, that it was the right thing to do to part ways then the recruitment process starts and uh, your first port of call is to ask sort of tried and, and tested members of the goalkeepers union and trusted members of that um, and, and Pat I must have asked five key people that I trust and, and Pat was on every one of those five sort of candidates if you like as as being up there with the best so that was interesting to such a broad range of experience all um, looking at somebody like Pat we had two or three interviews watched a bit of uh, coaching material for the way he worked and uh, again spoke to some people and everybody had uh, nothing but good words to say about him hence making a quick appointment and, um, and like I say really looking forward to finding out uh, how he works with us and, and key parts to his personality. So a new goalkeeping coach and we know Reese has left now, although Lee Johnson, I know, has spoken to Reese since he's left and that all seems very amicable. With David Coles, lovely, lovely character around the club, but perhaps with the Stefan Marinovic signing and the goalkeeper situation, do you think that Lee Johnson was just looking for a fresh pair of eyes, perhaps? Because we, you know, we've not got a bad word to say about David Coles on a personal level. Those two guys have been absolutely integral to Bristol City's rise in the last five, six years. My understanding is basically is the club is just always trying to improve. They're, well, look I what think, happened last summer. There were big changes last summer. Yeah, it, and I think this is maybe something 
we're going to have to get used to. But every summer, it seems like they're reviewing everything. And mm. if they feel we can improve in this area, then they're going to do it. And in some regards, it's a little bit ruthless. But then in other regards, maybe that's what's needed to, to, to really up your game and, and get better and better. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see how it, it plays out, I guess. Pre-season, then the first game will be Leeds United. Uh, we're both due to be there. At Ashton Gate, doesn't get any bigger than that, does it? You've had time to sort of assimilate the fixtures and things. What are you thinking about the first part of the season? At least they have from Arashiju this year. <laughs> Huge, and I actually think it's good having Leeds at home first game. That get, that, that match is going to be so, so massive. Out, isn't it? Yeah, everybody's up for it. If they could get a win, that could really propel them to something special this season, in my opinion. But we can't say what will happen yet because it's so hard to come before the transfer window closes. I know it's it's a little bit annoying as well. It must be for fans that that the window actually closes after that game, doesn't it? It's later during the week, whereas it would be good to have everything for that match. Hopefully, Bristol City don't leave things too late. And as as we've already expected some things to happen next week, and certainly over the next couple of weeks with pre-season in full swing, I think Lee, Lee Johnson will want everybody in place before they go to America on the 11th of July. Yes, I was about to say, pre-season plans, what are they exactly? They're they're going to America for a couple of weeks, is it? Yeah, just short your, of that. 11th, have you got your suntan? 11th to the 19th of July. I'm not going out there, actually. We've got a freelancer who's going to cover this one. Why was I asked? So, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we can't afford you, mate. I know, it's true, it's true. Uh, I'm like the wages of Thomas Callis. Um, and what else are they doing? Are they going anywhere else during that, that time? We've seen some of the fixtures. Yeah, we've got the um, great community game coming up, haven't they, that is organised through the Bristol City Community Trust, and that's against AFC Hallen, which, begin, which is uh, next... A week on Saturday, and then yeah, they're playing some local games against Forest Green Rovers, and then over, obviously over to um, AFC Wimbledon, and got Crystal Palace coming up. And yeah, basically the time in U- the US though will be key for a lot of players. Yeah. We, I'm sure we'll maybe discuss this next week. Yeah. But the likes of Seku Jana, can he, and, and maybe even Zach Viner and Joe Morrell, can these guys impress enough to get a place in the first <laughs> team squad? They don't sign anyone; they'll have a place. Yeah, or are they going to be? Going out on loan. It's quite extravagant to go to America. Usually, it's Spain. Why, yes. Why? Why the change? I, th- I think this is part of the the progress of Bristol City that they're looking to to win over US followers, build wow. the brand over there. It's 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 funny that they're playing Derby County over there, isn't it? In a in a game, obviously, yeah, something that we reported uh, a while ago, and it's come about that both clubs are in the same area at the same time. So it's just logical that they they play each other. Fantastic. Well, that was a packed podcast this week. Uh, Thank you for listening. Loads in there, and I'm sure loads will happen and may have happened by the time you're listening, but we do think there could be some more activity next week. So join us then. Bristol City will be back in pre-season. We'll be keeping an eye on the Bristol City website, seeing what's going on, seeing how the players are looking. I think this is the one time of year you're glad not to be a footballer as they're put through their paces. And it's going to be boiling as well as they return this week. So um, best of luck to them. Thank you, Gregor. And we'll be back next week for Robins on the Wire. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.